0: It's time for the North Idaho Prepcast on Idahosports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho Prepcast on Idahosports.com, breaking down District One and Two activities week in, week out. My name is Brandon Baney. Joined as always by Ryan Skaggs, professional taking a swig of water right away as we cut to him. You couldn't have done that in the in the five minutes we were talking before I hit record, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Called me out the hydrated Ryan Skaggs, yeah,
0: yeah, the hydrated. Uh, so yes, if you're watching the video version of this on the idahosports.com YouTube channel, uh, you can see Ryan, uh, wearing uh Under Armour ball cap and uh, taking a swig from his water bottle. Uh, my name is Brandon Baney. If you're watching the video, there's something going on with the lighting in my camera. It looks like you know, I almost look gray. I don't know, I've been messing with this camera, trying to figure it out, adjusting, zooming in, out, tried white balance. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my camera, but it makes it look darker uh, than it actually is, Ryan. But maybe that's appropriate because I've been feeling kind of blah. This is why we're doing the show so late in the week, is
1: I've been the kind winter of blues or the the Big. doldrums or whatever you call them. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've just been kind of sick uh, the last couple of days and like kind of sore throat, and then like just fatigue, like really bad fatigue. Like, like completing simple tasks has been very difficult Oof. for me. Uh, yeah, I've so, been
1: a. Uh... I like battled a sinus infection for like two weeks after Christmas, and then I got over it. Did the NIC game like public address announcer last weekend, and then, like literally Tuesday this week, I started feeling it coming back again. And I was like, ah, I can't get over these constant sinus infection things. And so I'm a, i am I went ahead and like changed out the furnace filters and everything. I try to do that pretty regularly, anyways, but. Using like a, the neti pot. Yeah. I won't go into details of that, but that's always a,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a fun ride. The netty pot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll clear you out for sure. Um, so yeah, anyways, so I'm a little more casual today. I am wearing my Lapway Wildcats hoodie because it's nice and warm. So, uh, it's
1: a, yeah, it's a good quality sweatshirt. I mean, it I is. really, yeah, I, I like mine. I wear it to the gym. I like I'll wear roar at the Croc center, but, uh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> It's a good special. I appreciate, you know, coach shooting those our way. That was a super awesome of Mr. Why not to get us those hoodies in the, the booster club there at Lapway. So Yeah. Shout out a to big, the Wildcats.
0: Big, 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 thank you to everybody out in uh, Lapway. I had to steal this back from my wife. You know how that goes, right? You, you're, you know, you you have a hoodie and it, yeah. it becomes your wife's. You know,
1: yeah, yeah. Seats. You lose clothing and it disappears, yeah. and then you're like, oh, where'd this go? It was like it's in the washing machine randomly. You're like, I haven't seen this in like two weeks.
0: Yeah. Hey, old friend. So I, yeah, I had to steal it back from my wife. Um, but I gave her another one, so it's all good. Go. Um. All right. So let's let's dive into what we're going to talk about. And friendly reminder, we've been talking about video and what we're wearing and stuff. You can also listen to this audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. So uh, I I thought the biggest story from the past week uh, in North Idaho was was wrestling. River City Duels, hosted by Post Falls, comes down to Post Falls and Meridian, these two juggernauts of 5A wrestling, and the Trojans come through with the dual win.
1: Head-to-head getting the victory in a competitive field. I mean, that tournament had a, a pretty good lineup this year. So, I mean, i give coach Reardon props for uh, that lineup for that tournament was, was pretty impressive. Getting Meridian to show up. Nampa was here as well. Um, you know, so like going through that, I mean, post falls, I, I said at the beginning of the year, I mean, I think they're criminally being undersold. I don't think they're going to get like the 24 kids to stay like Meridian could possibly end up with, but, they're going to get numbers. Um, But the kids that they have are hammers, man. And uh they showed it in that lineup and, and, and beat Meridian in a, in a pretty competitive duel on Saturday, which was exciting to see. But I mean, for North Idaho wrestling, that was pretty great. And, you know, dual meets are a little bit different, obviously than tournaments. And people are going to say well, like Meridian beat them at Raleigh lane. Yeah, you're right. They did. Um And it, I mean, they're scored differently. So, you know, Head-to-head versus tournament, you might get more champions out of a lineup, um, you know, which gets you state championships in the in the tournament setting. But I would love to see a dual meet like state tournament type situation. We talked about that in the the Matt chat a few weeks ago. Um, it would be hard to get it lined up, but it would be pretty awesome to see, and I think that it'd be super competitive. But yeah, that that matchup was really good, really competitive. Post Walls getting the victory, I think he's a huge boost for that program. There's a lot of young kids in that lineup too. Um, and then their 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 experience at the back end at the heavier weights is really showing up as well.
0: Yeah, it was a really great weekend for post falls. And uh, speaking of the Matt Chat Prepcast, that is our standalone wrestling podcast each week on IdahoSports dot com. We do it live uh, every Tuesday night at eight PM, P- or excuse me, seven PM Pacific time. Uh, and we get fans, a lot of fans from Post Falls uh, hop on and like to talk. And we've got fans from all over the state that that join the conversation. Among the topics this week on the match Chat PrepCast we talked about was um, maybe exploring, you know, rotating state tournament sites, um, maybe up north uh, to to the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. I know they used to. Uh, the last time they hosted state wrestling was 1995, though. So it has been a yeah. while.
1: The, yeah, yeah, I don't – I mean – and I don't want to shoot anybody's hopes and dreams down. I mean, I was the head wrestling coach across the border in Pullman um, for a while, for about five years. And, you know, we we hosted a tournament in Beasley Coliseum one year. And I was like, man, it would be super great to see the Idaho State Tournament back in the Kiwi Dome. And, you know, I was good friends with the Moscow coach at that time, too. And we had messaged somebody in the state, in Idaho, um, about the possibility of moving it up the ladder and obviously talking to the facility staff at U of I. And there was a resounding no because of the, the Lionel Hampton jazz festival usually tends to fall on that same weekend. Um, now with the new arena, I don't know if that's going to be, I mean, it, it may open the door now that they host the, uh, the concert in the ICC arena there on campus in Moscow. So that may open the door back up for state wrestling. I don't know. It'd be cool to see, um, Certainly more hotels have moved into the area between Moscow and Pullman, also Lewiston and Clarkson being within a half hour away. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, if the lodging in, continues to increase at the rate that it is in that area, I mean, just down the road, I wouldn't be surprised to see some more state events in Moscow
0: definitely the other big topic we discussed on the match at prep cast was uh bringing back the all-star duels yeah this was a big event that used to take place in idaho where you know top two guys uh and gals regardless of classification top two in the weight class duke it out let's see what that'd happens. that'd
1: be sweet yeah. yeah i'd love to see it i mean i would i would like to see a, a four you know a four-person duel so you can have a round robin um, to get your champ, which because I think you take the top four, if you get top two, uh, there's some dudes getting slided <laughs> or girls too that are going to get slided. A top four at each weight class, in my mind, it, it lets you spread the wealth from the you know state, taking the state champs from each classification um, would make a ton of sense in in some you know some aspect. So, um, especially as competitive as two A has been in the last few years. Um, it would be, it'd be cool to see something of that nature to, to make a comeback and all star duel would be great. I mean, hosting Coeur d'Alene Christensen gym at, at NIC is a, is a mecca of wrestling in the state of Idaho. Um, as far as, you know, a cool confine that, you know, you get the spotlight out in the middle of the mat or in the middle of the floor there. Um, that's a, that'd be a cool spot to do it, or even hosting it in Moscow or somewhere else. I mean, you can rotate it obviously, but I mean, we can make it that happen. I think pretty easily. <laughs>
0: yeah no doubt uh so la- last point on wrestling and then we'll move to hoops uh, of course we we come out with the uh, the weekly rankings our team rankings our individual rankings where we're ranking the top five in each weight class in each classification boys and girls we rank the top five teams in each classification and then we do an overall top five regardless of classification and the 5a fans were confused right yeah uh, i, I was, was
1: one of them confused. i was one of the ones that was, I was like all right so you got <laughs> post balls ahead in the 5a but they trail Meridian in the in the class ranking, like it didn't all class, it didn't make a ton of sense, but
0: so, so, so in the in the 5A rankings, we have post falls ahead of Meridian. Uh and, and then the all classification rankings, we have Meridian ahead of post falls. And basically we're we're chicken bleep. You know what? Because because <laughs> post falls, we're too we're too chicken bleep to actually stick our neck out there and commit to one or the other. So we kind of split it just to say, hey, both are really good. Meridian. Yeah meridian defeated post falls in the tournament setting right at raleigh lane um but post falls won the dual matchup yeah. so to me it's split one one and really when it gets to state to me it's not even about meridian and post falls and what they do to, to win the championship because it's going to come down to those two i think that's sure. pretty clear
1: i think it's gonna be one of the blood rounds personally but yeah, I, I mean go ahead I, I,
0: I think it's going to be based upon what Teams three, four, five, and six do can can Nampa can Mountain View can Coeur d'Alene come in and steal some points away from Meridian or Post Falls? I think that's where it's going to be decided.
1: Well, I think it's yeah, it's going to come down to the peripheral schools. I mean, it, I mean, it may come down to like a 132 pounder from Thunder Ridge that yeah. beats beats a you know kid in the placing rounds, you know, and costs the team you know three team points. You know, there's the difference there. It comes down they just random little happenstances and that's the the thing about wrestling is it is such an individual sport but at the same time when you throw the team aspect into it at the state tournament it comes down to everybody holding their candle I mean they've got to come in and everybody's got to got to do their best and try to win the next match and you're going to get those random kids that you know it's going to be some like 170 pounder that you know or a a heavyweight match at 3-4 that's you know, ends up turning into a pin instead of a decision and ends up costing them the state championship. That's happened in the last like 10 years. So um, we can't really pinpoint a single point or match, but uh, overall, I mean, that really does make the difference when you start giving up those team points or you don't get those team points.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all shakes out as we get there. I will say uh, for Post Falls, and this is comments, not just from me, but from wrestling fans statewide. Um they said thanks to Post Falls High for putting on such a great tournament. So I knock over my coffee cup. <laughs> luckily it was luckily it was empty. Uh <laughs> thanks for putting on a great tournament. We had a great time. What a great venue. And also Post Falls is better than we thought. Like yep. not just not just the guys, you know, Hamilton and Laguna and and Miller yeah. and but 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 the second unit. There are yeah. a lot of second-string guys for Post Falls that have gone to tournaments and and done really well this yeah. year. So there, there is that depth there at Post Falls as well. Those are
1: going to be the second-day kids at state that you know they may bend up in the five-six matches and that that are on the back end of that. You know, scrapping in the blood rounds. Like I said, like that's where it's going to be won. Is those championships are going to be those both for Meridian for Post Falls. I mean, I'm not counting out Nampa too much either, but I think that as far as numbers and depth goes, it's going to be between those two teams. You know, the North gets a little bit of, I don't want to say the shaft, but you don't get the bids like you do from District 3. Um, and so that does it hurts post-falls a little bit in Coeur d'Alene and some of the other teams like Lewiston because you're not getting the guaranteed bids. And that's just, it's unfortunate that that's the way it is. It's worse than 4A, but um, I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue this year as it's been probably two, three years ago with Lakeland. But um, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> so I'll quote hammering that drum, but yeah, post falls, I think is, is really deep and you know, they're deceptively deep and they're incredibly young with a lot of their talent too. Um, I really look at them and I, I thought personally, I was like, I said, coming into the year, they're going to be good. They could be peaking a year early in my mind, as far as what they're doing. Um, and that's not sliding like Gentry Smith and Trevor Miller and Laguna and those kids cause they've been absolutely tearing it up um but yeah the the back end guys have been really showing up too like Barnhart and some of the other guys too
0: yeah it's it's going to be really fun to see how that all shakes out down the line all right moving on to hoops now uh, i thought the biggest story from the past week was obviously fight for the fish right Lane Lake City uh, hooked up last uh friday yeah. um but that was part of an overall arching girls basketball conversation where we've talked about this for weeks, Lake city, Coeur d'Alene post falls, all impressive gaudy win loss records. And we're here. We're at the two week period at the very end of the season. Now where they're all finally going to play each other. Um, we've already seen the first couple of blows, right? Lake city beats Coeur d'Alene or excuse me, Coeur d'Alene beats Lake city. Um,
1: Lake City manhandles post falls. Yeah. I mean. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I might be <laughs> heavily medicated as I'm doing this. So, uh, yes, uh d'Alene beats Lake City last Friday. Uh, and then on Tuesday, Lake City, you know, dominates post falls. But I don't think that's a clear indication of, okay, then this is the hierarchy um, because we saw it last year.
1: Yeah. I mean, almost the exact same thing happened last year.
0: Yeah. From game to game, uh, the coaches adjusted and the matchups got tighter and different teams won.
1: So. Yeah. And then, I mean, Coeur d'Alene post falls tomorrow. I mean, like we saw it last year. I wouldn't be surprised if post Falls steals a the game there. I mean, I really won't like that team can play. I mean, we saw what they did against Lewiston, obviously, but we've seen what they've done against the Washington schools. That's not taking anything away from coach Simmons team at Coeur d'Alene. Like those girls can play. I mean, you look at Maddie Simmons and Madison Mitchell and that lineup is just dynamic. They can shoot. Uh, they're very unselfish in how they play too, but they they are physical as all get out and they scrap for the ball. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen necessarily a girls team play in that manner where they are just so ruthless at chasing the basketball. Um, and and it's pretty impressive when you watch them, how they kind of play with like a little bit of reckless abandon, um, which is awesome. I mean, it's really a really th- a neat thing to watch. And then you look at like Lake city, which is like, they just shoot the lights out. I mean, when they show up on a given night, you know, they can shoot 50% from three if they're not careful. And I mean, that's in high school basketball. That's awesome. But like, I mean, you they've got lineup between zoo and Waddington and just, you know, the players that they've gotten that lineup as well. Um, and post falls is, is obviously really good too. It's just, I hate not having an act that large bid that's floating around out there. Like that bugs me because I think three teams are deserving from North Idaho this year but you know we saw it last year that the I think you know it shakes out in districts obviously but I would love to see all three of these teams make it cuz I think they'd all place in the top probably six of state but um I don't know I like I like Coeur d'Alene the way they're playing right now I really do like that they're a diff- different kind of physical brand of basketball
0: yeah it's and and they've got uh, a really good inside outside game and it's the, the balance that they've had the last couple of years
1: also, uh, I think they have one of the best point guards in the state. Yes, like, really, Teagan they Colvin. do. Madison Mitchell running the point is phenomenal.
0: i oh, see. Yeah, so Mitchell, I thought you were talking about Tegan Colvin. The-
1: well, Tegan Colvin, yeah, I mean, okay, fine. One, two punch because that's one <laughs> A <1A> and one B. <1B. laughs> right. I mean, those two but at the guard because Maddie played Madison Mitchell, played guard point guard last year. And I was like, man, this girl is like legit. I mean, as a sophomore, and uh, yeah, no, like that, that, that trio that they've got between. The three of them for the Vikings, the Lady Vikes are dynamic, and if you focus on shutting down one of them, I mean the other two are going to make you pay.
0: Yes, and and of course, Maddie Simmons can also handle the ball as they point yeah. um, the point forward. Um point that's, yeah. that's 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 to me that is the key. If you want to go to state and you want to do well and and compete, you have to have multiple players that can bring the ball up because you're going to see more pressure defense at state, um, and you need veteran players that you know, have done this before and can make plays with the ball in their hand. Coeur has got that. Another team that I look at on the other side of the state, Thunder Ridge, they're still undefeated. They've got three guards, Aspen Caldwell, Kennedy Stenquist, Marley Spencer. Caldwell's going to Idaho to play point guard for the Vandals, uh, but they're kind of built the same way where they've got three really good ball handlers. And so I don't, I can't wait to, to see how it shakes out at state. The question is going to be who gets there. We Cordellain of course. We don't need to talk about it anymore what happened last year, but um they they they're motivated to get
1: there, right? And I will give props like from a former Cordellain Viking that's lighting it up. Uh, Skylar Burke is playing super well for the Gauchos. So like yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on some of the college kids, mm-hmm. but she's tearing it up as a freshman down there. So um you know, shout out to Skylar cuz I've been following her on Twitter, but um yeah, no, I look at I look at that and it's like, man, there's you could see le- three legit contenders out of this conference plus Thunder Ridge. Um, but the one thing that I think stands out with Coeur is that they don't turn the ball over. If you look at their turnover ratio, it's super low in their wins. Um, and, it, and, you know, I, and I mean, it's like gaudily low. Um, so if you go back into like those categories where it's kind of like the periphery statistics that not a ton of people look at, but they matter they don't turn the ball over they protect the basketball so even if they're not getting points they're not giving transition buckets to the other team um that's gonna that's gonna bode well at the state tournament level for sure
0: yeah so uh yeah you mentioned it post falls quarter uh round three of this six post falls their last four games are all against lake city or Court d'Alene. <laughs> it's um <laughs> i don't know Inter- interesting uh to say because then they're going to face each other again at districts it's, a, it's almost feeling like the nba we got like a little best of seven series yeah going on almost yeah it lists. does yeah it's crazy but well we'll continue to keep an eye on that and see how everything shakes out there uh let's go to boys basketball now where again you had the fight for the fish last friday uh lake city coeur Lane, and i think we all walked away going the vikings played pretty well all they things
1: did. considered yeah they kept it close for the you know the majority of the first half i mean Nathan Hawking, I think, was the difference maker in that game in the second half. He really blew the doors off, I think, and they didn't really have an answer for him for for Lake City. That Lake City lineup is just so dynamic. I mean, I don't see any – we saw what they did against Hawaii earlier in the year. I don't see anybody in the state that matches them at the 5A level necessarily other than them beating themselves. I mean, I would love to see them play Hillcrest. I think that would be an amazing game. Um, But as far as at the 5A level – I look at, I look at Lake city and it's, it's, I don't ever want to like call it too early and say it's their tournament to lose, but you know, it's going to take like a meltdown of some kind if it's going to, you know, keep them out of the state championship hunt. Um, I don't see them dropping a league game, but Lewiston makes it. I mean, they make things interesting. The Bengals are, you know, they've obviously lost to Coeur but it was a pretty tight game for the most part. Um, I still like that d'Alene schools coming out of the IEL, making it to state. I think both those teams end up making punching the ticket down of southern Idaho.
0: Yeah, because you know, everything I've heard is like, oh, uh, Meridian is a top five team this year in in boys' basketball in, in district three. And I just think about what Coeur d'Alene did to them over the
1: <laughs> I, We saw them with our own eyes up oh, here. Yeah. I mean, you bad. and I both both saw these teams. I wasn't I mean I looked at Eagle they struggled with post falls yeah yep I mean that was a, it was a it down the stretch until the last 30 seconds of the game it was a one possession game
0: and and you talk to people and they say Eagle is the second best team from district three behind Hawaii so I mean I I I agree why
1: he lost to Mountain view so I mean
0: like right I, I, yeah, I know um i I will say though we all thought this last year in Lake City playing Centennial First, but, you know, know, whatever. Yeah. so but so, so like 95 percent chance uh i like lake city but you know i'm gonna leave a little wiggle room just because we've seen it happen before but
1: get man. hot and shoot the three at the end of the year <laughs> mix of <and laughs> turnovers, things change yeah yeah what are you gonna to do it.
0: right yeah uh so speaking I mean, of
1: i, I yeah. look it's not necessarily colton and blake that have changed as much i think it's zach johnson as a defender for the T Wolves and then Nathan Hawking's offense has stepped up. Um, both those guys, I think, have taken an, they've their maturation processes definitely raised their ceiling. I mean, and Colt Mitchell, I see him playing it in a different level. Like he's a he's a high D one guard in my mind. I don't I think that the Bengals are getting a criminal steal of the century by getting Colton Mitchell on the commitment there. So, um but yeah, that's just my my take on things and what I've seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna be. I think we've made this joke before, so I'll apologize to the fans. But like, I ISU is gonna be the lady from uh, Happy Gilmore. You know, Mister Mister, stay <laughs> with our school. Like, it's gonna be. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I I look at it's like a. Yeah, no, mind. I, I was gonna make a shallow hell joke, but I don't. Know, like... <laughs> just out he's out like isu's out kicking their coverage with with yes so that's my that's my opinion
0: yes (laughs) agreed uh okay speaking of teams that are getting hot at the right time how about the kellogg wildcats and boys hoops man they they had a weird schedule dude they had they played at the avista tournament and then they didn't play for like two weeks like literally 14 days so everyone you know kind of out of sight out of mind but then last week on three consecutive nights, three home games: Thursday, St. Mary's; Friday, Grangeville; Saturday, Orofino. They win all three. They are a perfect four and zero through the first lap of league play. Now, three of those four wins came at home. They're going to have to go on the road and still prove they can win. But to me, the game on Thursday against St. Mary's was probably the most eye-opening.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and they've had a difficult schedule too on the front end as well. I mean, you talked about the Avista tournament, but Playing a few of the four A schools and and getting some wins. I mean, like they they beat some big dogs. So I mean, you know that that team I think is is showing their moxie um, and at the right time too. I mean, we know they've got athletes on that lineup too. But um, yeah, and in two A, I think going down the classification, if it helped anybody, it, it helped I mean, Kellogg's reaping the benefits from that. Um, you know, as we head towards district tournament time, things are going to get interesting. You know, it was like we talked about Orfino was looking there undefeated for a little for a minute. And I was like, well, you know, let's call time out and take a look at the, the schedule there. And, uh, you know, we'll make we'll wait two weeks and kind of make our our judgment call based on that. They haven't had the best stretch lately. Um, and I don't want to say like they are who we thought they were. Um, but I think that, you know, they've they've had a tough schedule and and the teams that, that have been there are just solid. I mean like you look at they've been playing Kami they've played Kendrick who's playing out of their mind down at 182. Um you know they've they've had a, a which Kendrick by the way is going to be playing Potlatch inside ICC Arena in Moscow next week uh, if you didn't see that one. So that's a rabbit trail but a, another cool matchup. But um yeah, I know with, with two way boys I look at Kellogg and, and they're peaking and if they can continue this momentum they can make some noise come the state tournament for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's the same guys that we were talking about during football season the Luna twins, Colby and Ripley. Uh, Over that three game winning streak, Ripley averaged 25.3 points per game. Colby averaged 15.7. So between the two of those guys, that's 40 points.
1: (laughs) Have you ever heard them talk? No. Have you ever talked to them? Uh uh it's like talking to men. I mean, like those, those guys are, they're different. I mean, they are, uh, they're specimens as far as athletic, athletic prowess. Um, but it's like, you know, they got that deep growly voice. I mean, they just sound like grown dudes. And uh, I was going to say, it was like the bench warmers where they show up with the $20 bill. It says like, I'm 12. Um, I look at them on the, on the court or on the football field around some of these other high school kids. And then they're just at a different level, man. I tell you they're. Yeah, their athleticism between that those two twins, are the genetics pass in that family, um, they made it, the genetics made every stop on the athletic gifting tree. Let's put it that way.
0: The athletic gifting tree. I think that's what our <laughs> podcast title is going to be. That's pretty good. Um, so, but and again, just like we talked about in girls basketball with Post Falls, uh in Post and and Lake City. Uh, yep. I don't people mad for getting that team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Um, I don't, I don't think that. Okay. Yep. Kellogg's winning the league. Mark it down. Right. I still think St. Mary's and maybe, maybe Orofino still, I, I think Orofino is now starting to actually play, you know, cause they, they had such a light schedule early on. Sure. And so we maybe. were like, yeah, they're undefeated, but really, I mean, they're still six and two. Right. Sure. Big game for Orofino is coming up tonight, Ryan. As we record this, they are hosting St. Mary's. I think that will tell us a lot about Orofino. But I I think St. Mary's definitely still will have something to say about the conversation of this 2A CIL and how it goes.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you look at St. Mary's lineup. I mean, they're talented as all get out, too. So I don't think they're going to, you know, they can't be sold too short either. Um, with the bids coming out of the CIL, there, it's a competitive conference now. Things changed with adding those couple schools. It it definitely uh, created a new look. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, when you look at uh, state basketball this year and who gets in and how many bids and all that stuff, the second-place team from the Central Idaho League will play the third-place team from District 3. That could be ambrose it could be new plymouth could be Nampa christian
1: um it's a winnable game yeah yes yes that was my point
0: is i think i think it's a winnable game so
1: absolutely two teams
0: from the north could get to state we'll have to wait and see but yeah i think overall pretty good so all right ryan let's get to now uh this is the part everybody's been waiting for the north (laughs) idaho nine these are your personal power rankings of the nine best teams in girls basketball and boys basketball in the state of Idaho, regardless of classification. What do you want to do first? Girls or boys? Uh
1: let's go boys this week.
0: Okay, let me pull it up. And again, if you're watching the video of this, it'll scroll across the bottom line like a little ESPN ticker. Uh if you are listening audio only, we're gonna go through them one through nine regardless. So here are the North Idaho nine boys basketball teams for this week.
1: Not much movement this week. Uh still on top. You got Lake City. We don't need to talk about that much. Talk about Lapway at two. Uh, all they do is win. I mean, we know the song, how that goes. Um, three, Coeur d'Alene, obviously uh, losing to Lake City, but you know, beating Lewiston, who's at four. This is just a power ranking, obviously, not by record of it. Um, but uh, I still think the Bengals um, are a dangerous team. I think the way they play defense keeps them in ballgames. Five, Bonners Ferry, been so consistent all year um that's a team that i look at i don't want to say team of destiny but i think it's just a team that um is just so dank scrappy and they play really hard they really are unselfish they spread the wealth as far as points and scoring and um they just love playing for one another you see it in how they play and gosh they they can be impressive at times uh six lakeside i still look at lakeside lapway depending on how state seating happens at 1a 1 d1 1. that could be your state championship game i i I, Lakeside, I like them a lot. They beat Timberlake last week again. Um, they got a win over Garpal as well, which is a Washington school. I like the Knights a ton. Um, you know, what they did with Lapway with Vander Brown out of lineup for most night game. We've talked about it previously, and I won't continue again. But uh, seven, I've got Kendrick. The Tigers look really, really good. And, um, you know, Jagger Hewitt is playing at an r- insanely high level right now. Scoring buckets like crazy, um, Kellogg at eight, and then Cami rounding it out at nine. Uh, there's some teams kind of floating around there though that could make some noise and some movement happen in the next couple weeks between either St. Mary's or you could throw Potlatch in the mix. Um, there's you know the CIL or sorry the uh, <laughs> the White Pine League um, is going to get really interesting this week. I think in the next three days. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday it can be pretty dang interesting in that conference as far as boys and girls basketball goes.
0: Yeah, in terms of uh, pecking order behind Lapway, uh, yeah. because Lapway girls uh, played Prairie again this week, and uh, whereas the first matchup was close, second one
1: wasn't. <laughs> so yeah. no, it was it was not close. No. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's let's break down. Let's see where Lapway slots in in your North Idaho Nine girls basketball rankings. Here we go.
1: Let's ruffle some feathers. How about this? Because we got the Vikings <laughs> at number one. <laughs> uh, number two, Lake City. Three post falls. I still have the 5A schools on the top. Uh, Lapway, I've got at four. Um, there's some movement here. Sandpoint at five. They got a nice win over Timberlake last week. Uh, Timberlake drops down to six. Um, Kendrick is in at seven. Eight. I have Prairie still in there. But Cammy and I coming out of left field right now. They're playing... They're tied with Deary at nine. Uh, Kendrick got a big win over Deary, the big handing them their first loss on the year. Camey has been consistent down the stretch. Um, They could make a push in the in the White Pine League for that number two seed if they're not careful. Um, You know, some big some big games still ahead of them uh, in the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, there's uh, there's potential, I think, for Kami to to move their way up. Um, you know, Prairie obviously is very talented still, but uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun for sure. So, yeah, that's what we got coming up. Uh, some some pretty important games. What are we doing for North Idaho game night
1: this week? We're quarterling right? at Post Falls tomorrow night. All right. Yeah. That'll be a,
0: a girls boys doubleheader. Uh, you can catch that on idahosports.com. And if you want to see the schedule of all of the games we're broadcasting, not just in North Idaho, but statewide, just click on the game streams tab on the homepage at idahosports.com. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the North Idaho PrepCast. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on idahosports.com.